Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. Well, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm so happy to be joined this week by my dear friend and lovely co-host, Kelly Gordon. And today we're going to pull back the curtains on our lives a little bit to let you in on all of the things that we don't do. We often get questions from the awesomes about how we, the co-hosts, all do it all, or other questions looking for insights into how other people manage to look like they are doing it all. And so Kelly and I are here today to clear up any mysteries in this realm by making it clear that we definitely do not do it all. And we're going to be telling you exactly the things that we do not do. But before we get to all of that, let's start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Kelly, what do you have for us this week? Hey, Megan. Hey, Awesomes. Okay, I have something that is really so appropriate for this season, and it is something small to make my house feel sparkly and warmer. They're known by a couple different names, either fairy lights or ah. dew point lights. Oh, I hadn't so, heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just a string. This is the magic though, is that they're LED lights, battery operated. So I know these have been out, you know, maybe for a couple of years, but this year I feel like they really are everywhere, easy to find, not expensive in any store that you would go to or Amazon. And you can get these in everything from like a 15, 30, 90, even 120 string of oh, wow. lights. Yeah. They're really tiny. They're battery operated, like I said. So you can put them anywhere. This is what I'm so happy about. I have strung some up on my mantle. I have a fireplace kind of in my kitchen slash not so great room. It's not really a great room. It's just like an <laughs> add-on to my kitchen. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a fireplace and a couch and a TV. And so I have strung these up. It is so perfectly Huga. Yes. <laughs> to have these on all day. And it is perfect this time of year. I mean, we all like to have our Christmas trees and our lights and that sort of thing. But I think especially anybody who lives in a climate or an area of the world, really, we have awesomes all over the world where it's going to be more dark 
than it is light mm, for yes. the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially here in Minnesota, and I think this is probably true in parts of Canada and the upper Midwest, November and the early part of December, there are cloudiest times. Like we have very, very little sun. I have not seen, I saw the sun once last week. I don't think I'm going to see it at all this week. It's very, very gray. Okay. And it's dark, you know, early in the evening. My kids get off the bus and it's dusk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Having those lights on during the day, even, this is not something that I just turn on for night people. This is an all day. I leave these lights on. I don't even care. I will use my rechargeable batteries. Um, It is so perfectly warm. And I only have one strand right now. I absolutely plan on getting more. I have seen so many cute uses for them. People who will put them in a can, you know, something that's maybe got some cutouts so you can see those spring, those sparkle lights, you know, just putting them anywhere you have a shelf. Yeah. Um, Kids' bedrooms, like a great light at night. I mean, they're really pretty bright because they're LED, Mm -hmm. but mine are a warm light. So if they're not too, you know, sometimes you put in an LED bulb and you're like, oh, <laughs> right. Yes. You know, like we put in some LEDs overhead. I did not know that there was a difference between the soft white and the normal uh-huh. light of yes. those. And I put those in and I was like, it's like I'm doing surgery. Oh, my word. Too, it's too much. <laughs> like, it's just so bright. So I'm sure you can get these in the really bright white if you want them. I prefer the warmer tones and they have colors. They're so fun, you guys. I think I got mine, which again is like a set of 30 on this one line for less than $10 at that's Target. so great. At Target, you found yours. I know I I've found seen them on Target. Amazon, but yep. yeah, that's so great. AJ had picked up a couple of strands at Halloween. I think she found them in the dollar spot at Target. Um, mm. There, She got a purple strand and an orange strand that were for Halloween and strung them up. She and Daisy share a room. And it really, even with Halloween colors, it really was just nice to have that little bit of glow, especially right. at night. It was really neat. And yeah. I can see how it would bring a lot of, like you said, just warmth to a season that feels a little cold and gray. Right. Like and that. one thing I, I forgot to mention, but one thing that's really nice about them is that because they're on this real thin wire, like almost like a copper wire, mm-hmm. you can kind of mold them around things. Yes. You know, so they're not going to be like a traditional light that you would plug in that's just going to be heavy and it's going to fall. Like you can kind of make them loop up. Um, yes. So it just adds even more fun and decorating ideas. I hope that we can get a picture of how you have put yours up. I think that'd Absolutely. be fun. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of warm and glowy and Huga and all things seasonal. <laughs> it's our favorite word right now. I know. Sort of awesome bingo. Huga would be the middle square. That's right. That's right. Well, mine is holiday themed as well. It is um, actually a collection of holiday music playlists that I have been loving on Spotify. In fact, all three of these that I'm going to share today all happen to be created by awesomes themselves. So it's funny how that worked out, but Mm -hmm. I think that the awesomes collectively have excellent taste in music because I have been loving these. And in the past, in years past, I have put together my own playlists. I have several actually Christmas music playlists. I just have not had time to do that this year. And now I don't have to because these are all amazing and there's not anything I could do to improve on these. So the first one I wanted to share is actually an Advent music playlist. Our friend Tish Oxenrider put this one together. It is her Simple Advent playlist. I will definitely put links to each of these Spotify playlists into the show notes. But if you just are on Spotify and you want to look it up, you can look for our friend Tish. Her first name is TSH. She's probably the only Spotify user for yeah. <laughs> same TSH. So you'll no be problems. able to... Yeah, that's right. You'll be able to find it um, in her playlist, Simple Advent. I really like this one, Kelly, because 
Advent is such an important time in the church calendar as we really focus in on the darkness, the longing and expectation, and ultimately the hope of the Advent season. And each of the songs that Tish has put onto this playlist really reflect those themes. A lot of them are traditional hymns. Not all of them are. There's a good mix of some more contemporary songs as well. But there are songs like um, In Labor, All Creation Groans, In the Bleak Midwinter, Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silent, just lots of great classically minded songs to remind us that these days that lead up to the actual Christmas day in the church calendar and the observation of the way the church rhythms play out through the year. This is a time to really focus on our longing and expectation that Mm -hmm. precede Christmas day. So it's a great one. The next one is more Christmassy minded. This one was put together by Shell, one of our awesomes. It's called Simply Christmas. And I think that she did a great job of pulling in a lot of the new classics into this playlist. So there's like Pentatonics is in there, Johnny Swim, which is a really great duo. If you haven't ever checked out Johnny Swim music, they're fantastic. Um, there's songs from the Oh Hellos, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, just a lot of different, really contemporary, kind of popular right now artists who all have Christmas music. So Simply Christmas is the name of that list. Really fun. The last one is from our friend Amy Allen Clark, who has been on Sort of Awesome several times as a guest. I have followed Amy's playlists going all the way back to when I first got on Spotify, probably 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. Like way back at the beginning, she was one of the first people that I followed on Spotify She's extremely talented with putting together a great playlist. So she has a brand new Christmas playlist that she's just put together. It's called Fresh Christmas. It is perfect to put on in the background of your holiday gatherings or just whatever you have going on because it has 84 songs on it, Kelly. Wow. Yeah, it is filled with Christmas goodness. And it is extremely diverse, too. She has everyone from Ella Fitzgerald and James Brown and Run DMC. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that Run DMC did a Christmas album. Everybody's well, on a Christmas album. What are they saying? That's right. You have to check it out to, to see. There's some Kanye in there. There's Ariana Grande, Casey Musgraves, and of course, lots of the other sort of contemporary ones that are really big this year, like Leslie Odom Jr., some selections from his newest Christmas album, which is excellent. So Fresh Christmas from Amy Allen Clark is fantastic. I have just been blown away with all of these different songs that she found and pulled together for this playlist. So also, as a bonus, speaking of Amy, when she was on Sort of Awesome for the first time, all the way back in episode 44, my Awesome of the Week, that episode was called Hymns for Hipsters. It's a great playlist with updated versions of the classic hymns. Well, that same guy, that same Spotify user, his name's Evan Lemkuel. He has created Hymns for Hipsters, the Christmas edition. So if you are into that kind of thing, that one is also excellent to check out as well. So lots and lots of Christmas music, Kelly. So fun to check those out. And um, like I said, links to all of those will be in the show notes. So you can check them out as well. Well, Kelly and I have put together a really fun episode today, I think. Um, 
the, you know, there's really, since we're talking about the holidays, sometimes there's nothing like the holidays to make it feel like you're not getting everything done that everybody else is doing. <laughs> or is that just me? <laughs> no, it's everybody. <laughs> so we were talking about that and thinking about it. And we thought it would be fun to do a little show where we share with you guys some of the things that we just don't do. And we had a couple of inspirations for this. One of our inspirations comes from um, a Christian author and speaker, Shauna Nequist. Many of you might be familiar with familiar with her work, with her books. One of her books is called Bittersweet. And there's a chapter in that book called Things I Don't Do. And she kind of runs down the list of things that she doesn't do in order that she would be able to do the, the things that she really wants to do really well. And in fact, in that chapter, she kind of lines out how she went through this whole process of feeling like she wanted to do all of the things and do all do everything better was mm-hmm. kind of a phrase that she had arrived at, a mantra she had arrived at for herself, do everything better, and how quickly she just got completely burned out on life, essentially trying to do everything and do it better. And so she kind of traces her process as she realized and, and talked with friends and, and got wise counsel from friends about, hey, like nobody's doing everything. There's no way that you can do all the things and do them all well. And so in that chapter, she kind of is just really honest about the things that she doesn't do because she wants to be able to do these other things really well. So that was one of our inspirations for this. Another one came to mind for me, Kelly. Um, I don't know if you've seen Rob Bell's NUMA video series. I don't know if you've seen any of the selections from that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. And one of them, we watched them in a church small group years and years ago. Um, And one of them, he talked about how even... Jesus, when he was on this earth and he was teaching and leading his disciples, even Jesus had to figure out what he was going to say yes to and what he was going to say no to. And that if you look at the life of Jesus, his teachings, his ministry, that you see that there were things that he had to say no to. And so if our Lord and Savior, God incarnate, (laughs) those of us in the Christian faith believe, then if even he could not possibly do everything, (laughs) then we need to all be able to give ourselves permission to understand that an important part of having a life that is abundant, that's filled with joy, that is effective, that is efficient, as our INTJ husbands might want us to Mm -hmm. (laughs) focus on, Kelly, Uh, we have to figure out what we're going to say no to. And I think especially for women, don't you? Yes. I mean, yes. And so I'm hoping that if anybody today is listening to us, Mm -hmm. and they're just weighed down, especially in this season of the holidays. Like, I don't know how I can do it all. And I'm so tired. I'm so tired that we give you that big exhale, freedom, grace to say, you don't have to, you get to choose. You really do. And I think that we've both learned that. And so sometimes there's so much freedom and and just joy in hearing what other people don't do because it makes you go, oh, I didn't realize that I had this thing that I put on people. Like they must be doing all of that and more. Mm -hmm. So when you hear hopefully our small examples of what we don't do, it will give you the freedom to not only look into your own life and say, well, yeah, I don't do those things either, but maybe to even lay some things down. That's right. Exactly. Now, as we often do we want to give a little bit of a disclaimer that you may be listening to our list of because we're going to share some of the things that we've decided we don't do. Some of the things that land on our I don't do this list may be dear 
wonderful, meaningful things for you as you're listening. And so we don't want anybody to be like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be doing that. Right. (laughs) This is so personal. It's so completely personal to what your preferences are, what your passions are, what you, what kind of home atmosphere you want to create, what kind of life you're building for yourself, what kind of family culture you have. It's so personal. So we would say, you know, make the list of what you do want to do, the things that fill your life with awesomeness and joy and go forth into the world and do those things. Right. So this is really just to remind you that anytime you spot a woman, particularly Kelly, I think that's a great point, who seems to be doing it all and doing it all excellently, there, there's probably a whole list of other things mm-hmm. that she actually really gave up a long time ago. <laughs> yep. And if they're honest, they would tell you that, you know, yes. if, if it came up, if you actually said to them, it seems like you do it all. How do you do that? They would say, oh, honey. Yes. You know, I haven't yeah. cleaned my house in five years. You know, like I hire that out, you know, that sort of thing. Like they'll, they'll tell you it just what they've chosen to do. It's really not about comparison. I love what you're saying. You know, we don't want to compare with each other. And that's so much where this often comes from is that we compare ourselves to other people and then we come up short. This is about saying, no, you be you. Mm-hmm. Look at your life. Don't worry about what other people are doing. And we don't want to discourage anyone from doing or not doing the things that they do or not do. This is just hopefully some freedom for you to rethink your priorities and how you're living your life. That's right. Well, since you just brought up the example of I haven't cleaned my house in five years, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk, Kelly, a little bit about some of the things that we don't do at home. And I thought it'd be fun too if we kind of threw out some things that are really important to us that we do as you know, a matter of um, our life rhythms or whatever that we do around the house. For example, like at home, I know whether or not you make your bed every day mm-hmm. can be a point of contention for some people. Yep. <laughs> some people feel like, hey, I made it through my whole childhood with having to make my bed every day. I am a grown up. I'm going to leave it unmade every day if I want to, because I'm a grown up. I can do that. I am one of those. I like a made bed every day. I feel like that is a huge part of my morning routine as we're getting up and getting ready around the house. I like to make sure that my bed is made every day. There's something to me so satisfying at the end of a long day to climb under the covers when the sheets have been pulled nice and tight and the covers are nice and tight. It's very satisfying and very rewarding to me. So actually, it's not to show off for anybody. It is my own selfishness (laughs) in wanting that experience at the end of the day. That is why I make my bed every day. Do you have anything like that around the house where you're just like, oh, I insist on doing this? Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely make my bed. I feel like we are sisters in that. In that same vein, I, I really just like my house to be picked up. Yes. Yeah. So there's only so much untidiness kind of like clutter that I can tolerate before I start to lose my mind. And I know that people have come into my house before and been like, your house feels so clean. It's just because of how my brain cannot tolerate the clutter. I am by no means actually that clean. Tidiness, neatness is different than cleanliness. (laughs) Um, But I just can't for my own self. Like you said, I have to have a house that's somewhat neat. About every 36 hours. That doesn't even have to be every few minutes. I've learned to kind of let that go. But for sure, I have to pick up about once a day or once every other day. Oh, definitely. In fact, I think that tidiness can cover a multitude of uncleanlinesses. (laughs) Preach, sister. Absolutely. (laughs) But I focus my energies on that. So I Mm -hmm. am one. I like to clean up the kitchen often. But when it comes to the rest of housekeeping, I'm terrible, you guys. I don't even... Since the twins came along, I really don't even have a big 
let's clean the house day every of the day every week. When I was growing up, we had, you know, we had to do Saturday morning chores and all of this mm-hmm. stuff before we could go out and do anything with our friends. And I kind of just grew up thinking like there should be one day, either a housekeeper comes or everybody cleans the house. And we just don't do that. I just kind of, except for the kitchen and I do vacuum the living room rug every day. Beyond that, I kind of just let things go until it gets bad enough that I'm like, okay, everyone stop what you're doing. We're cleaning the house. That might be on a Monday night. It might be on a Saturday morning. Whenever it hits, we're just going to do it. But I don't have that consistent thing in my week. But I think you're a little bit different. I think you do have a cleaning day every week. I am. Yeah. Right now, because my stage of life, (laughs) another big word, (laughs) um, allows for that. I do absolutely have like a day and it it really helps. And again, this is just for me. It's (laughs) I rarely have people in my house. I'm not doing it necessarily to impress anybody. It's just then it's done. Mm. And I can say, I don't have to worry about the dust bunnies when I see the hair, if the sunlight does happen to shine in the afternoon, and I see all of the pet hair on the floor. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get to it on Monday. Like, I am not going to obsess over that right now. I'm just going to let it go. So I do have that. That is one of the things I do. But you know what I don't do? What? I don't iron. I don't either. No iron. Ever. Ever. I don't even buy clothes that need to be ironed. Mm -mm. You know, when my, especially my eight-year-old daughter, she's more of a fashionista and she'll find some cute outfit, you know, with like buttons. And I'm like, nope, uh uh-uh, because no, just no. Like my kids didn't even know that we owned an iron. (laughs) Like we were, we were on vacation somewhere. Corey, if he has a dress shirt, he will iron it himself. So we were on vacation. So they saw him get the iron out. They were were like, like, what is this strange thing? And then my parents came to stay and they said, they asked like my oldest daughter, like, do you know where the iron is? My mom's ironed always. She always like, it's very soothing to her. She irons multiple times a week. She always had a basket of ironing. She asked my daughter where the iron is, and Ellie's like, I don't think we have one of those. And I'm like, we do. It's just in the box that I bought it in three years ago in the back of the closet. So I don't iron. And I'll tell you something else I don't do is once I get kind of my house set, which is usually within... (laughs) We've moved a lot. We've been in this house now six years. That's the longest we've ever been anywhere. You know, within that first three months of moving into a new house, then that's what I call decorated. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so, you know, like once I've hung pictures or, you know, things get to a point where when you first move in, at least this is me, you see all those things, you go, oh, I want to paint that. Those curtains are horrible. But then you get used to it. You get used to it. Yes, you do. And you say, eh, good enough. And so once I get things kind of situated, I'm done. I don't change it. I don't change out pictures. I don't change the layout. I don't like sit around and go every two or three years, I want to do a room refresh. Nope. Like, it's just too much for my brain. So I don't change things. I have friends who are so good at changing things. Like every time I walk into their house, their living room is arranged a different way. They've taken chairs from their bedroom and put them in their living room. You know, they're so brilliant. Yes. And even small things, you know, not even like big budget. I'm going to redo my kitchen, but I can't. I don't do that. I'm the same way. We haven't refreshed anything since we moved into this house in 2012. And before that, it's like with every move, we would do a little freshening up. But beyond that, I'm the same way. Now, my mother-in-law is fantastic at it. She's in her 60s, but she loves to do that. She loves to, let's just paint, let's just paint every wall in this room. I'm tired of this color. Let's just do it. Mm -hmm. She's an ESFJ. She's just a strong, strong sensing type. And so those, um, 
like the home decor thing is a really big deal to her. So she makes the time and makes space in her budget and does it. And it always looks, her house is always way more updated than ours. <laughs> right. Cause that's the problem is that it's like really cute when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. then you become the person that 15 years later, people walk in and go, Oh, it's so early 2000s in here. And you're like, what? What do you mean? And I guess oh, it goes without funny. saying then that I also don't craft. I don't craft and I don't sew. Like, I I don't know. It's not my thing. Sometimes people will say something about a craft project and they see this, like all the blood drain from my face. <laughs> right. And I slowly start to back away, making the right. shape of the cross. Yeah. And they're like, "What? you're very creative. I thought that you would love a craft. And I'm like, nope, yep. not that kind of creative. Right, right. Yes. It's not my thing. So I do have a really good friend. Maybe she'll listen to this. She is in the awesome community who she helps to co lead a group of moms with me. And she was an elementary school teacher. And so she's like, I can do that. And I'm like, yay! (laughs) For all the little things that you want to have made. And I'm like, you know, we would, okay, this is kind of a side, but when we would have like Christmas or things where our group would meet, lots of times I noticed a lot of the other group leaders would make cute gifts Mm, or, you know, like little Pinteresty things. It didn't even occur to me, A, to make a gift, not even on the radar. So I would be like, get there, see all the other tables have this cute gift. And I'd be like pawing through my purse. Like, do I have gum? (laughs) Can I tie some floss around a string of gum? Make it look hipster or like an Altoid. <laughs> so Everyone gets I'm, one Altoid. Yes. <laughs> Whole ones, not broken. I'll save those for my kids because <laughs> I really love you. So it is so good to have a friend who crafts because it's not my thing, people. It's not my thing. I can't. Oh my gosh, I got so tickled about that. I am so the same way. My best friend, Catherine, I've talked about her many times on the show. She also, she her degree is in elementary education. She just thinks of the cutest, coolest crafts to do, whether it's birthday party favors or um, teacher gifts, anything. And she'll be like, well, I just went to the dollar store and I got this and then I got some ribbon and I did this. And I'm just like, how? Why? How how does your brain even think that way? I love it. And I'm always inspired by what she's doing. But right. Like to just spontaneously think, oh, you know what I could make? I could do this. That that never goes through my brain. Yes, absolutely. I do have to say, there is one part of my brain that is convinced that someday I will either learn embroidery or knitting. I have in my closet big plastic crates of embroidery supplies and yarn and knitting needles that I've collected through the years because there's part of me that's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen one of these days. I am just loving this right now (laughs) because it is so ENFP. It is. It's like, I will, so you've never actually knit, but you have the supplies. Well, I've made a few attempts at it and I cannot seem to get the number of stitches right. And then I get frustrated and I put it aside. (laughs) And this has been going on for like, since Stacey was a baby. So almost 12 years. Right. I just carry them around from house to house. Like one of these days, I'm going to (laughs) learn how to knit. I have friends who have offered to teach me and I'm like, yes, one of these days, let's do that. Yes. And you might, you might, you know, we can all change, but I do think that that might be a good candidate for a bless your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) those are all on my list of things I don't do. I'll say one other thing that I don't do, and this kind of falls into like what we do at home. I don't watch TV. Oh yeah. That was on my list too. Are we the same person? (laughs) Maybe we are. (laughs) Okay. That's weird. Um, but yeah, it kind of <laughs> makes it <sense. laughs> a little bit, a little yeah. bit as I talk with my hands. Yeah. Um, 
I do watch some shows. This is obviously not a philosophical thing. And I've mentioned a little bit before in other podcasts. I have no problem with people watching TV. I have just made the conscious decision to say I only have so many hours in the day. There's so many things that I wish I had the time to watch, but I just don't. And I've already allocated some of my hours to other things. So if I have to choose between, you know, catching up on the news or Facebook, my friends' lives versus investing in a TV program, I usually choose the online stuff, social media over that. So that's one thing that like when you think about how many hours some people watch TV, which is totally fine, like mine hours online are probably mirroring that. But that's one thing that I just don't do. And I do, I feel so out of it sometimes when people are talking about shows. I'm like, oh, I'm just out of pop culture. But it happened when I had little kids that I couldn't yeah. watch those things in the you know early evening during prime time. And so then I just never added it back in. And now I'm just like, that's just one of my things. I don't watch TV. Yeah, I'm super hit and miss with it. Kyla and I do like to spend a couple of hours after the kids' bedtime watching shows. Now, if there is a show that, and, and again, it's usually like via Netflix or Amazon Prime, we're like binging through a series. So if there's no series that we're both into, then that's when I do a lot of reading, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like in terms of like shows that are currently in production, I hardly ever know what's going on with those. And it is, I mean, it's kind of, it's just one of those places where I'm like sort of in the loop and what's happening in pop culture, but mostly out of the loop until it comes out on Netflix. Right. Well, <laughs> and then I'm and like, I, let's all talk about this. <laughs> and I will totally, I am not above reading the Wikipedia about a show yes. just so that I can like understand what people are talking about or what's happened. So I often know what shows are out and kind of know what they're about. I just haven't watched them. Right. Right. I get that. I get that. Well, that is just the start of our list of things that we do not do. We've got more to confess or perhaps inspire you with after this break from our sponsor. And we are back. And today, Kelly and I are revealing all the things that we just simply do not do. We've talked about what we don't do kind of around the house. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about what our priorities are, are things that we have to do that are at the top of our list of things that we do outside of our homes. Like for me, this is such a weird one, Kelly, and I think that it's my mother's influence in my life. But whenever I leave the house, I always have a pair of earrings in, always. And I always put lipstick on. Those two things are like top priority for me when I am out and about outside of the house. I might be wearing like wind pants and a sweatshirt, but I've got lipstick on too. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I when I'm ready, I'm I have on lipstick yeah. and I love a good earring. And um, that's probably my favorite jewelry. But yeah. yeah. Do you have any that are like just like when you are out and about outside of the house or, or something that's a priority to you in that sense? Well, in a kind of meta sense, one of the things that are that I do that is outside of my home literally is exercise. Yes. Like that's something that is something I do. Mm-hmm. It is a priority to me. It is not an everyday thing. But, you know, two to three times a week at least I try to get to the why, especially this time of year, it starts to become not just – something that I want to do, but something I really need to do for my mental health. It really does fire up those happy endorphins when I'm not getting any sunlight. So that is something that I know sometimes people will say that's something I don't do, mm-hmm. you know, like at this stage of life. And certainly there were stages where I did not, I could not, um, with little ones, with kids getting sick, with having to put them in childcare, all sorts of things 
that can go wrong if you want to leave your house and, and exercise um, when you're in that stage. But I'm not anymore. Yeah. And so that is something that I do that's outside my home. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of things on here. Some of mine are a little bit more controversial, but the first one is probably not that controversial unless you're one of our neighbors. <laughs> and that is that we, Kyle and I both really just do not care about lawn, landscaping, decorating, anything like that. Kyle and I are both really strong intuitive types. And we just do not have that thing of just like, the aesthetic really matters out here. The grass is always mowed. Um, and he has, you know, an edger and a weed eater and all of that. It's presentable, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Like we don't plant grass seed and have beautiful, a beautiful lawn filled with gorgeous green grass. We don't have any landscaping at all to speak of. Um, right now, our front lawn is full of leaves. All of the leaves on our street blow into our yard and we haven't done anything about it. <laughs> so again, unless you're one of our neighbors, <laughs> that might not <laughs> annoy you at all to know about us. Well, we do do that. That is something that really has been more of my husband's thing. He really likes to get out in our yard, out in nature, especially we have a pretty like two and a half acre yard. So he likes to get out there and do that sort of thing. So we have done that. But <laughs> what I don't do is I am not a shopper. Oh my gosh, me neither. No. Like who shops well, who shops in multiple stores, who shops the best deals, who uses coupons, no. any of that, all of that is not my thing. And that was kind of hard for me to admit mm -hmm. because I was kind of a value of the family that I grew up in. Ah. Um, but it's just not something that I feel like I can sustain at this point. Yeah. I used to like very faithfully cut coupons and, you know, that sort of thing. But I really have cut it down to say, especially for groceries, I go to like two or three stores at all. Mm -hmm. um, so my sister, bless her, she knows this about me, but she keeps trying. She'll call me and say, oh, did you see this store? They have a really good sale on berries. And I'm like, I'm not going to drive there just for a sale on berries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I just don't care. I don't care if they're more the place I go. And so, and that kind of goes for everything. Like I, I do want to be wise, but I have found that for me, I just cannot spend the time, the energy to do any sort of even thrift. Right. And every once in a while I'll go to a thrift store and I'm like, this is really smart. But like, I just, I want a one and done it, Yes. you know, for whatever type of shopping there is. I am not a good shopper in garage sales. Oh, please don't even get me started. I don't even stop. No. Like I'm not even tempted. No, that's, I have no interest in any part of that, like shopping as fun, quote unquote fun, is yeah. not a thing that I do. So I totally no. get that. And people who do do that are so smart about oh, it yeah. and they save so much money and they find the coolest deals. I mean, I have a friend, she kind of says that she prays before she goes to a yard sale, like, this is what I really need. And she will find like amazing pieces of furniture for like $15 where you're just like, that's not even possible. Mm -hmm. You know, how did you do that? So I do envy people who do it, but I have just decided that for me and my priorities, this is not something I can worry about. Got it. I'm right there with you. All right. This is one of the ones that's going to be a little bit controversial. Something that we do not do outside of the house is we do not have date nights, really like outside of the house mm. date nights. Um, we... Well, for a long time, it was a matter of schedule. When Kyle was coaching college football, he just was never around. <laughs> we didn't have any kind of date night at home or, or outside of the house or anything. Um, but even after he left coaching, 
we kind of tried and we just realized that by the time we found and paid, found a sitter, first of all, because mm-hmm. we've never really had family close by who could just pop over and watch kids for the evening. So by the time we found and paid for a babysitter, paid for a meal out, which my husband is a very, very good cook and makes really good meals at home. And because of that, he's super mm-hmm. picky, super picky about um, meals that were served in restaurants or whatever. So then there, there's like the emotional cost of like going out to eat and spending all of this <laughs> money and it wasn't worth it. And we're going to critique everything. And <laughs> right. we just figured out outside of the house date nights are just not our thing. And it there's a lot of cultural pressure, I feel like, for married people to do these things. And I'm telling you that, you know, we've been together for a very long time and we figured out that we're just better. Like our kids, our girls are old enough now to keep an eye on the boys while we have a nice meal together, um, either in our own dining room or on our back porch or whatever. We can buy a bottle of wine and enjoy that. Whereas it would, you know, a bottle of wine is like two glasses maybe when you're out to eat. Right. Um, so just cost wise, everything, we're just like, we're just homebodies. We're at home people. And so it makes sense that our dates look like that as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. This one, I even feel a little guilty admitting because it goes so against the Christian cultural norm, but something that we have made the decision not to do is we don't do a small group outside of church and we are really, uh I don't really even want to say this, but I don't think we're going to be doing like our Wednesday night sort of midweek programming at our church either. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is, okay, all sorts of disclaimers here. I am not saying that those are bad things. I am saying that for most people, I think that those are actually important. And in many ways, we would agree with the philosophical reasons. Like we, maybe we could be, we should be. But again, right now, what we value, because Corey travels for work, is white space in our calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he's home... We want to be able to be together. And so we just cannot commit to a once a week thing, especially midweek. The thing is more me than for Corey. He's almost never here. So me trying to get four kids out of the house who have very varying levels of interest and even attending on a Wednesday (laughs) night. That's a great way to say that. Yes. Mm, Yeah. So you can just read all into that. Awesome. What I'm saying there. Trying to get four kids on a school night out of the house to where we go, which is about half an hour away, one way, like it's just a lot. And so philosophically, spiritually, I have all these reasons to be involved, but I'm also kind of coming up to the point of, again, because I want to say yes to a peaceful home, to building into my kids, to having them have time to do their homework or having them to have downtime when they have, they need it. I don't think I'm going to be able to do all these things that are quote unquote, normal church activities for being a pastor's kid which I am, this feels all shades of wrong, but I'm trying to shed the guilt and say, you know what? This is where we are right now. I have to say no to these things that are actually really good. And a lot of people do them well, but we cannot. I am about, my my head is about to fall off of my body because I'm like nodding along so vigorously <laughs> as you say this. That was actually on my list to talk about too. We also are not, we just cannot figure out how to make small group work for us right yeah. now. We miss terribly the days of good old-fashioned Sunday school that was on Sunday morning before the big church service. We miss that so much because of the same things. Maybe it's because, you know, you and I, we both have four kids and there's lots of scheduling stuff. And then also just accommodating 
in some ways what's what all, what is going on with our kids besides just the schedule. For example, our oldest is in orchestra and she's there until after she gets out at six. So is home about 615 every night. And she's learning how to navigate middle school and homework and um, is prone to anxiety and getting really stressed really easily. And so, yeah, we just cannot figure out how, like, how do you make homework work? How do you make activities work? And all of these things, Mm -hmm. we came to the same place of like, in our family culture, what we want to really invest in right now is peacefulness. And so what does that look like? And we've kind of experimented with a couple of different things in that regard. And rhythms and routines are really important in our family culture. And so I I have been on the other side of this, being a small group leader in years past and feeling really super frustrated that we couldn't get people to show up consistently. So I've been on the other side of this discussion of just like, why can't people just figure it out? <laughs> it's not that hard. It's one night a week. But so now I'm experiencing it from the other end of it actually kind of is that hard. <laughs> so... Right. I know. Exactly. I completely get that. I was a youth group leader. I mean, that's how I met my husband. This has been one of my lifelong values, but right now I can't seem to make it work in a way that works for my family. So it's a matter of like what you said, we have to say yes to some things, which sometimes means saying no to things that are really Mm -hmm. good and things that you highly esteem, but you just, we exactly cannot figure out how to make that one night a week work, which sounds ridiculous, but that's where we are. Well, we were talking about working around kids and and how that kind of throws a wrench into what we thought we would always do. So let's talk about what some things that we do and don't do with our kids. I kind of alluded to this in talking about the small group thing. But with my kids, one thing that is super important to me that I am really rigid about, and there's not a lot of things, Kelly, in this life that I'm rigid about, (laughs) but one of them is bedtime routines. Mm. This started when my oldest was little, little, and it has just continued through all of our kids that we like to have that. I like it. I like having the predictability of knowing that every night, these are the steps that we go through. It's like muscle memory. We just all do it. We know when the clock hits this point, we're going to be doing this. I think it is because as an ENFP, I am constantly navigating possibilities and choices during the day. And like, everything sounds great. Everything sounds fun. (laughs) How am I ever going to (laughs) decide? By the end of the day, my brain just wants, no, no more decisions to be made. This is what we do. And it's the same every single night. Yeah. I would say the same thing. We, as I tell my kids, it helps to settle your brain. We all know what to expect. We know what happens next. It's just a really good thing. I think the biggest thing really my priority right now, and I already alluded to this, is just that white space. Mm -hmm. Um, Having downtime, having home be a place of refuge. Um, And we, because of that, we're not super committed. We're not overscheduled. But I have to work really hard, even in my own self, because I am an ENFP and I want to do all the things, to say no. Um, To say no. That's going to be enough for us. We really need to have that time to just let everybody do their thing, whether it's watching YouTube or playing with guys or drawing. Mm -hmm. We just need to have some time almost every day. You know, I mean, obviously you can push it for a few days, but then you're going to have some time to recoup, right? Um, Just to have downtime with our kids. Yeah. So that means for you guys that there's a lot of saying no to lots of activities is kind of what I'm hearing you say. We do say no to a lot of activities and just really let them play by themselves, which really brings me to my kind of first what I don't do with my okay, kids yeah. is 
I don't play with my kids. Right. I yeah. like to be with my kids. I love to do things with my kids. But as far as playing like Barbies or cars, something like that, even to some degree school, you know, like how they like to do that. Those types of things may be a little bit easier because there's a purpose. It connects with my brain. Like if they say, come to my restaurant, you know, I have set right. up a restaurant, yes. come or come to my puppet show or my magic show. You know, you're going to have to bring money. That's their new thing. My little kids, like, they're like, oh no, it costs real money. We're like, no, we have play money. And they're like, no, a real quarter. Like I've seen your wallet. Very so savvy. I don't really know how much we're playing or how much we're just making money off of mom and dad. But that sort of thing I can do. But I, I, I am not a good player. And that used to really bother me. But I have come to see, especially because we do have four kids, they often have somebody to play with if they want somebody to play with. I'm like, nope, this is your job. Your job is to play. Your job is to be imaginative. This is like, I will be around you. I will cook with you. I will take you places, do things with you. But I'm just not good at playing with my kids. That's one of those things I have released the mama guilt. And so that's just not something I do. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that I don't do when it comes to kids and parenting is we do not do all of the festivals and the events and the things we live in a great city. We live in Oklahoma city and there's always something that you could be out and doing. And we just do, we're not the ones to go out and try all the new things. In fact, for outside of the house activities, it seems like we kind of do the same ones over and over. We have a museum that we like to go to the zoo. There are a couple of festivals that we have gone to for a couple of years in a row that we like, and that we're familiar with. Um, and for me, again, it's personal preference because I get, I tend to get really overwhelmed in public spaces like that. I don't exactly have social anxiety. It's not the interaction with other people. It's just like being in a new place and not knowing where things are and all of that stuff. It gets overwhelming for me really easily. So I know that for me, since I'm the mom and I'm like the, the one leading the expedition <laughs> wherever we are, <laughs> that it's better for my kids if we are doing the things that I do know that I can be fully present in yes. and fully with them and fully experiencing the thing because I'm not like all freaked out or panicked or overwhelmed because we're doing a totally new thing. So right. that's, that's a big one. I'm really kind of still struggling. I do struggle with the guilt over that. I'm working on letting go of that and trying to frame it in a positive light. But that's been a tough one for me. Yeah. And that's, I like how you said that, you know, where can I be the most present with my kids? So here's something that I do do. I will cook with my kids. I will even make cookies with my kids, but I will highly control the process. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, you don't get to measure that. No, you don't get to stir that. Uh -huh. No. Yes. Um, um, I have my limits there in continuing on to that way, what I don't let my kids do is just like go in the kitchen by themselves. Hmm. Like there are very strict parameters around what they're able to do. And that kind of goes toward all messes, if you would say it that way. No, you can't get the paint without talking to me. Like you right. can't do those sorts of things or the glitter or even Play-Doh because we just have the one kitchen table. Like uh -uh, Play-Doh gets everywhere. Like that has to be a special mom approved activity that is not going to happen all the time. You know, like when you say five minutes before the bus comes, can we get out of the Play-Doh? No, you may not. Um, I just don't allow, and again, I, I still do sometimes feel guilty because I'll see moms say, oh, don't worry about the mess, you know, let them be creative. But that's just something I've decided, like I can be creative within parameters. You know, I can cook with them and I can really enjoy that as long as they're not doing everything. Yeah, yeah, I got, I get it. I totally do. 
And here's one other thing. <laughs> and I say this kind of like what you said about the yard, you know, probably the only people who care about this are people who see my kids in everyday life. <laughs> I don't do my kids hair. Okay. At all. And I have a lot of friends who do and they do adorable braids. If my kids, especially my girls, ask me, sometimes they will say, hey, could you French braid? Could you put my hair in two pigtails, whatever? I will try to do it as long as you know time permits. But for the most part, that's just something I have let slide completely. Like, so <laughs> my sister's really good about this. She has her girls often be in very cute hairstyles. Um, like they'll come over for Thanksgiving or whatever. And they're in cute outfits and cute boots and cute hairstyles. And my kids have like whatever they've grabbed yeah. out of their drawer. So yeah. it could be like holy jeans and a t-shirt. Yes. And no, my hair is just in my face. Or the boys have bedhead. My 13-year-old actually has not gotten his hair cut since... May. It is really long and shaggy and he really, really likes it. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, he I wears know. a hat. Like, I just don't care. He totally has the like teenage boy fling. Oh, yeah. Like where he like Definitely. puts his hair. But I just I don't worry about it. I don't do my kids hair. I only do AJ's hair because she's on a huge French braid kick. Like mm. it can't like we started with just a single French braid, but now she, then she wants double French braids. We do yes. a French braid across the top. I mean, it's gotten really elaborate and that's only because she's really bossy <laughs> and basically <laughs> bosses me into doing it. But the rest of my children and the same thing with clothes, the girls have to wear uniforms to school every day. But I mean, yeah, clothing, I just have it just I don't again, I don't have it in me to just um seek out and buy and then like we might have to iron it if it's a really cute outfit and that's not going to happen so yeah we're, we're super casual about that well speaking of hair and um looking nice and style and all of those things all of us have decisions that we're going to make about what's important to us with our uh, beauty our style our outward appearance and i'm sure that we all have things that we have decided are super important to us but you were just talking about hair one of the things that I don't do, I not only barely fix my children's hair, only the bossy one, <laughs> but I really don't fix my own hair. I'm very wash and go. And I've talked before on this show when we were talking about beauty, when Lauren and I talked about beauty, I revealed that I have this really weird dislike of going to a styling salon for a real haircut. Like how yeah. people feel about going to the dentist is how I feel about going and getting my haircut. And so I have to either talk my sister whenever she's in town, talk her into cutting my hair, or sometimes Kyle just cuts it for me. <laughs> so whatever the lowest amount of maintenance you can possibly have on your hair is, that's where I live. I don't do anything else in terms of keeping my hair looking nice. <laughs> I am laughing because I do get my hair cut. But fist bump on everything else. Oh, my word. I, I have friends who have beautiful hair and they comb it and look like, comb, like combing is such a high standard. They make the effort to comb it every day. <laughs> I just betrayed a lot about myself with that one statement. They comb, they curl, they dry their hair. Megan, I have not dried my hair since last winter. And I have said before on the podcast that I have an unhealthy obsession right now with a top knot because I can get out of the shower. I literally do not even comb it. I put it up in a top knot when it's wet and I don't touch it again. And then I comb it the next time I'm ready to wash it just so that I can try to get some of the tangles out. But usually that was more like a summer thing for me because, yeah. you know, winter, I wanted my ears covered. People, it is December and my top knot is still in. Like, I am not willing to comb or dry my hair. That is where my standards are. 
I love it. We both have top knots in today. Please, we do. We'll have to take some pictures, you guys. We really are very, very serious about this. I love my friends who have beautiful hair, and sometimes I'm with them and I think, look at that. It's so beautiful and it's curled and it's chic and it's maybe a new style or a new Mm -hmm. cut. Mm -hmm. I haven't changed my hairstyle ever. Yeah. 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 I know. And following that, I also am very much that way with makeup. Okay. I pretty much do. I do wear makeup every day. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I do. I get dressed every day. Like I actually put on clothes most days. I mean, (laughs) there are days when you don't have to leave the house. Then you can do a jammy day. But, you know, for the most part, I do actually get dressed. I do shower. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's just like a quick, you know, 10 minute sort of a thing. Obviously, I'm not always washing my hair. Um, But even though I do put on makeup, it's like very, very basic. Um, And it's five minutes from start to finish. And I'm probably using the same makeup that I wore 10, 10 years ago. Like I just, once it's working, I don't think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like concealer, foundation, blush. And then if I'm really feeling extra glitzy mascara and yeah. lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? And here's the thing. That's kind of my date night look too. Like I really need people in my life who could inspire me and like do my makeup for me because well, I'm so bare minimum. Yes. But then, you know, it's a nice occasion. I'm like, I don't, does somebody have eyeliner I can borrow? <laughs> you know, so- and I have friends who are so good at this, Megan. And uh-huh. I rode home on a plane a few weeks ago and I was bored and I was watching, you know, what they have on the in-flight entertainment. And so it was some YouTube beauty channels and I was just like kind of put to shame, you know, like there are people who think about this I know. and they had like different eyeshadows for morning and evening. And I'm like, I still have eyeshadow that's like Maybelline from the 80s. (laughs) Like now it's just a point of pride. I just keep it because it's like all Miami Vice colors and it just makes me laugh. But like I don't use it. It's just there. I have it updated. Right. what I'm saying. So I'm just not. uh, I do get dressed. I do shower. I do put on some makeup, but it's very bare minimum. Okay. Well, because it is December, we could not do a an episode about what we don't do without at least acknowledging that during the holidays, there's tons of pressure to do all of the things. Last year, you and I did um, an episode of Holiday Survival Guide, Mm -hmm. episode 35, and we referenced our friend Laura Lynn's blog post about when you have little kids, you can't do all the things. And that's a great one. I hope that um, if you get a chance, you'll go back and re-listen to that Because certainly during the holidays, there is the pressure to do all of the things and to do them excellently. But we all have to just come to grips with reality Mm -hmm. and decide what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And my things that I do and don't do are kind of wrapped up into one. And it has to do with Advent. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Advent is like, it's a really important season to me personally. So we as a family do observe Advent, but I don't do the Advent activities. You know, Mm -hmm. you see these activity calendars and some of them are really cute and really inspirational, like random acts of kindness activities. And, you know, it's not just like eat a piece of chocolate or whatever. It's really thoughtful stuff, but we do not make Advent about doing stuff. I really try to impress upon my kids that Advent is a time, it's a season And it's a season to be thoughtful and reflective and to really think about um, what it is that we are preparing for in terms of Christmas Day and the coming of Jesus to this earth. And so we definitely do observe Advent, but we do not do all of the things. I really try to make it a time that's very slow and hushed, which is not always easy. (laughs) 
-hmm. There's lots of concerts and activities and parties and those types of things. But as much as it's up to me, because we do have those things that we can't, those are non-negotiable. We can't sit out, you know, winter concert or whatever. (laughs) Right. Um, I am just like, I have to say a big no to to the small activities of the season. And we don't do Elf on the Shelf either for the same reason is that – I cannot stay in the right mind space. Again, as one of the leaders in our home, I cannot stay in the right mind space if I am weighed down with all the little things of the season, because I want to really emphasize the big thing of the season. Right. I think what you said there, especially is what you do. There are so many things you can do in this season. So just today in my Facebook on this day, time hop sort of a thing. I was talking about how this new thing that we're going to do as a family for Advent is Jesse tree. Uh And I smiled at my five years ago self and was like, you're so cute. (laughs) Like, it's not possible for our family to do that well. And I have so many friends who do Mm -hmm. do it well. But it was kind of one of those things I had to accept, like, this is not working with my family to do, like to make an ornament every day, for example, or to have a daily reading where everybody's going to sit around and listen and not just punch each other and fart. You know, so it was causing (laughs) too much stress too much stress. And that's not what the holidays are about. So to say, I can't, this is not helping lead me into any sort of Christmas spirit. And in that same way, we just don't do a lot of things that you could do as a family at Christmas. And again, this is one of those things we kind of discovered. You know, there's so many like parades, or you could go downtown and look at the windows or the Christmas display, all this stuff. And for a lot of people, these are the things that they choose to do, you know, because this is the tradition of our family. Right. This is what we want to do. I found out a couple of years ago, because I said, you know, what do you guys Mm. find meaningful at Christmas? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that. So it's like, why are we stressing ourselves out to try to fit these into our calendar, be gone, you know, yet another weekend or whatever. And so we just stopped. Like we don't do hardly any of that. The things that, like you said, that we do outside of the house during the holidays are usually like a concert that somebody's involved in, um, somebody who's throwing a party that we really want to go to. We don't even go to that many Christmas gatherings, you know, right. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, most of those, because the holiday season offers so many more opportunities, you have to be even more laser focused on what you do want to do and just let I mean, 95% of the opportunities that are presented to you fall away. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. I think especially during the holidays, it's hard because you have that added pressure of, there's, it's only one time a year. This is right. it. We've got December and this is the only time of the year that we can do this. And so there's that temptation to do all the things. It's just one month. We can do anything for one month. Right. <laughs> and that's fine. And I think I did have that approach for several years. And Absolutely, then so did I. as the kids have gotten older and they have been able to express what their preferences are, and I've just gotten older and more tired. Yes. <laughs> I realized it is only one time a year, but Lord willing, it'll come around the calendar again next year. And if we miss something this year, maybe we'll catch it next year. You never know. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, keeping in mind with that, there are all these expectations. And again, I think a lot of this falls in the women from gift buying, present wrapping, card maybe making personalized calendars, all these things that come this time of year. And I read something recently. I just wish I could put a link to it. I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody said, and this was really mind blowing to me. It's so simple. You don't have to do all the things every year. Right. That's right. So even the things that you say, no, I really value this. I want to do it. Sometimes it just feels overwhelming. So could you take, even if you've whittled it down to five things, could you take one thing and say, we're just not going to do it this year? Like I do value this, but this year I'm not going to send cards Mm. or this year 
we're not going to make cookies. We're going to buy them at the store. Mm -hmm. You know, if you even just took one thing off of your high priority holiday list and said, just not this year. Yes. That would open up so much space, not only in your calendar, but probably in your head. Yeah. And so I haven't exactly figured out how I'm going to incorporate that for myself. I know that already I used to make tons of cookies. I do like to bake, but I've way cut back on that. So that's one thing that I've just, every year I cut back a little bit more. I cut back our schedules a little bit more. But the idea of dropping something completely that was a new concept to me and really freeing. Yeah, I love it. Well, we would love to hear what is on your I don't do this list. So come and find us on social media and let's talk more about it. Kelly, remind mm-hmm. us where we can find you all around the web. Of course, you can find me in this sort of awesome hangout group. But on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at at Kelly at Lovewell. And on Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Lovewell blog. Okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. You can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life Sorta amazingly awesome. Thank you once again to simplynutrients.com for sponsoring this episode. Simplynutrients.com has all you need to finish out the year armed with vitamins and supplements that support wellness for you and your whole family. Go to simplynutrients.com slash sorta awesome to check out some of their most popular products. And don't forget to use code SA free ship. That's SA free ship with no spaces to get free shipping on orders over $25. Thank you again, Simply Nutrients. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.